If you ever seen that YouTube video, it's called Epic Dad Reflexes. You probably heard about the hero of Hopkins book. It's a video where these dads miraculously save their children from some sort of tragedy and catastrophe. So for example, there's one child, this dad is holding one child in an arm, and swinging the other kid, and the kid falls out of the swing and he catches him with the other arm. Or this child is running into traffic, and then the dad comes out of nowhere and just pulls him out. My favorite one is when the, the dad is sleeping on the couch, the child is over here, and then the mother is over there, and then as the baby gets up and stands on the couch, she begins to fall head first. The dad, just with spider senses, just comes out and just catches this child. It's amazing. Or maybe you've seen the video, it's called 99 Balloons. It's about a little young boy named Elliot, who's trying to tea. And it's also known as Edward Syndrome. Many of these children who have Edward Syndrome don't last longer than a week. But his parents welcome this child into their life. They celebrated each moment. And even though it was very difficult, they say that they had to feed him every three hours. And it would take an hour and a half to feed their child. But as the dad was narrating this video, he said, we love learning how to take best care of it. It's beautiful. And they actually celebrated his birthday each day because they didn't know how long it would last. Unfortunately, he passed away after 99 days. And in commemoration and in honor of him, what they did was they released 99 balloons in the sky during his funeral. I just want to reflect with you on these videos. Why are these videos so heartwarming, so inspiring in some ways? Why? I think it's because we all know the beauty and the gift of each child. That's universally recognized. We all can agree on that. But what I find really interesting is that we can all agree on this, but when we start talking about this same child in the womb, it becomes controversial, unpopular, very emotionally tied. So my brothers and sisters, in light of recent world context, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, and essentially what happened in that was that they said that abortion was not a constitutional right. And this decision now is that up to the states. In some states such as New York and California have continued to allow it, whereas other states like Texas have prohibited it. This is a very difficult topic, but it's important for us to talk about this with civility and love and with truth, because that is how we can begin to pave the path forward. So what is the church's response? What is the church's understanding? about this particular topic. And I would say very simply in three words, this is what the church's stance is. Our teaching on this is one of mercy, Pope John Paul II in his encyclical Evangelium Vitae 
specifically addresses women. It's beautiful. The women who have done abortion. He speaks to them with compassion and love. He says, I can understand and I'm aware of many factors and circumstances that went into your decision. And the church is here to welcome you always, to help you find healing in the sacrament of confession. And as we hear in the first reading today, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And that is a message of the church for each and every one of us. But not only is the message of the church one of mercy, but also from a message of peace. In our gospel, Jesus is beginning to establish the kingdom. And so he sends out the 70 disciples to prepare the way for him. And so he says, whatever house you enter, say, peace to this house. And so Jesus desires for us today, his disciples here, to go out into the world to bring a message of peace. But he needs laity who are courageous, who are bold, who are merciful. He needs them to go out to proclaim this message of peace that we can all stand behind. And this message is this. It's the affirmation of the fundamental dignity of a human person. It simply means that all of us are worthy of love. Value. Because if I ask each of you the question, do living human beings like you and me have a fundamental dignity and the right to life? And I think everyone, if not most of us, would say, yes, we believe in that. That's something we can all agree on. By virtue of being human, we have dignity, we have value. But the question we have to answer in this particular topic is this. Does the fetus or the embryo, is the fetus and the embryo a living human person? It's fascinating with modern technology and modern embryology. In textbooks and articles, they say that, I quote, every human life begins with the fertilization of an egg. In the first three weeks, you get the first heartbeat, and it will beat 54 million times before the baby is born. The first brain wave can be detected at six weeks. At 10 weeks, each child has their own individual fingerprints, in addition to their own fingers. At 13 weeks, some ultrasound technicians can say that the baby can begin to stick out their tongue. It's like they're mocking the, the technicians. So scientifically, this is kind of showing us the humanity of this being. But how do we know, even apologetically, logically, philosophically, we can say that this is a human person? Right? Because when we look at the ultrasound of a woman, right, we don't say, that's a horse or an elephant. Right? The way we can know the species of this fetus or embryo is by looking at its parents. What are its parents? Is the mother human? Yes. Is the father human? Yes. And so this being is human. Is it living? Is it well? You have to ask, well, is it growing? And of course, this being is growing over nine months, developing. 
And so I think we can confidently say that this living human being is like each and every one of us. And therefore, has the same right and dignity as we do. That's why the Catechism teaches, and the Catholic Church teaches that in the first moment of its existence, his or her existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, among which is the inviolable right of every innocent being to life. From the moment of conception, this is clearly a living human being like us. And I think we can all, like I said, get around this message. And it is a message of peace. But at the same time, the church also speaks a message of truth. That if this living human being in the womb is truly a human like all of us, then abortion is not just termination of pregnancy. It is the violation of the fundamental dignity of the human person by the killing of the unborn child. That is very difficult to hear. I understand that. That is why the church extends her arms of mercy. Because many people who undergo this circumstance are very difficult circumstances. But the church, again, must reaffirm the dignity of the human person. You see, in Canada, there is no law prohibiting abortion. You can have an abortion up to nine months. In the U.S., there are about 600,000 abortions each year. In Canada, up to date, there's been about 3 million abortions. And some of these abortions are after 21 weeks, about 1.29%. doesn't seem like very much, but that's about 500 a year. And I was talking with some women, and obviously they disagreed with me. Some of them disagreed with me. And then we talked about, well, what about a child eight months? I'm like, oh, no, of course not, eight months. And it's like, okay, so we can agree that at eight months, this is a being. But when is it truly a human being? And I kept pressing, right? Is it three months, one month? Or is that the moment of conception? And they said, I don't know. That is the question that we need to answer. But at the same time, too, as Catholics, we need to recognize that sometimes the issue is not the issue. You see, what I mean by that is that this is a complex human reality. There are layers of factors. See, Stephanie Gray, one of the prominent pro-life speakers in the Catholic Church, has spoken to, she's done over a thousand talks. She's spoken to hundreds of thousands of people. She actually was able to speak at Google about abortion. It's a, it's a wonderful talk. I encourage you to listen to it. And she tells a story. She says that I was talking to a student, and a student disagreed with me about my position on abortion, saying that even if this is a human living person, it's not really a person who doesn't have rational faculties. And so Stephanie Gray kind of gave an intellectual answer, saying, Well, in my world, every person, by virtue of being human, has the right to life. But in your world, that's the case. But then the student responded. He said that in your world, I wouldn't be alive. She was confused. She asked him, well, what do you mean by that? And then he revealed that before I was born, 
my mother had an abortion. And so if she didn't have an abortion, I wouldn't exist. You see how complicated it is, this, this topic? For him, to say that abortion was wrong was equivalent to saying that he did not exist. It's a question of identity for him. And so as Catholics then, we're really encouraged to speak, of course, with truth, but with compassion, love and with charity, knowing that this is a very complex issue. And so my brothers and sisters, this is a very difficult topic, but we need messengers of peace for our world today. We need to answer this fundamental question, are the unborn human beings? And if they are, do they have the same rights and dignity as we do? We must answer this question. Of course, there's a lot of complexity with different circumstances, but it all comes back to this question. And as missionaries, we can come out and say that our message is one of peace, affirming the fundamental dignity of each human person, man, woman, child, and unborn. We can say that our message is one of truth, that the abortion is a fundamental violation of the dignity of the human person. But we can also say that our message is one of mercy, in which the church, with her motherly arms, extends them out 